How do you feel has the job started to kind of seep into your work, your artwork? Hmm. Aside from the limitations of time, it's giving me more freedom, more mental space, more um, balance. Just doing art doesn't work, even though I'm 100% committed. I need to have something that informs it or my life. Yeah. Right? So I can't just be, you know, looking at my belly button 24 hours a day. Welcome to another episode about artists balancing a full-time job and an art career. I'm Ariana Roche, and this is Not a Hobby. Last episode, we talked with Catherine Fairbanks, an artist living in Los Angeles with a full-time position as a nurse. This episode, I'll interview another artist in the healthcare field. Soledad Arias is an artist living in New York that works as a medical interpreter. Originally from Buenos Aires, Argentina, Soledad has lived in New York almost half of her life. Being bilingual, her life, artwork, and luckily also her job revolve around language. She's interested in exploring the human condition through the medium of speech. At a time when words seem to be thrown around blindly, accelerated by the speed of social media, she reminds us of the importance of empathy, practicing emotional listening, and that meaning and specificity still matter. How did you get interested in art or be interested in becoming an artist? Hmm. Well, that is the end result. I think the beginning was more um, responding to curiosity, responding to a desire to bring ideas into form. So it's not so much oh, I was drawn to this medium or, you know, I grew up with a pencil in my hand, that kind of stuff. I think it was more, you know, an existential thing, um, a questioning. I don't know. It's Ariane. Everything is very organic in my life. And, and it's, it's, it just happens. It happens in a very meaningful way. And, and oftentimes I look back and I understand more. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I have formal studies. I studied in Argentina. I studied in New York. I have a BFA and MFA of the School of Visual Arts. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's important, too. I think, to And it was a great experience, amazing experience. It also, you know, helped me um, reconnect or connect with the city. Um, it was very stimulating. In, in many levels. I find um, that my reality resides between two languages. Um, and then probably I'm neutral only when I remain silent. I mean, language is a means of communication, but it's also a malleable medium. So I can express a pun, an idea, an emotion. For some reason, most of my work most of my work is in English. And 
perhaps it gives me the freedom to play, knowing that there's room for mistakes um, because it's not perfect, obviously. But I think that gives me, perhaps that, that frees a little more the creative process. I love the succinct quality of English. I love the reduction. And, you know, oftentimes, even though I think Spanish is a very romantic language and, you know, um, I think it's a beautiful language, I connect or I can relate more to the concreteness of English. I also think that it was a survival language in that when I arrived to the States, it was my my connection, right? My The only way to relate to the new culture, to understand new forms, to connect to people. So that I think um, it's very important too. Yeah. Right? And all that, I mean, who knows how our emotions play in, in the way we bring out form. Right. Um, it's it's like a cocktail, right? It's <laughs> layers, layers and layers of things. So what, um, what what's kind of your uh, studio practice? I've done studio practice where I was a lot of hours in my studio and I it really didn't work for me. I felt, you know, that I needed to be uh, in touch with a another level of reality. I didn't understand why I was so many hours in the studio. The work didn't necessarily uh, evolve in relation of the amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, so it took me a while to accept, you know, that that was not for me. And that didn't mean necessarily I'm not an artist. So um, again, um, I, I feel that my studio is a mobile one, and I do like that concept. I think it's a very contemporary concept, too, and it happens to work with me, or a pop-up studio, if you want. So I have it all in my head, and that doesn't mean that it's only rational or conceptual, you know? It's, right. it's a mobile studio uh, where ideas and emotions brew, and I can be, you know, multitasking or working or walking or, and, and it's there. And of course, um, I have, I write and I also have a file in the computer that is called Ideas. And I keep, you know, it's, it's a huge file and I've been doing it for a long time. And that's one way that I clarify ideas. I bought a thousand sketchbooks. It never worked for me. Hmm. You know, again, I, I was trying to put myself in what a lot of people were doing as artists. And, and it was not for me. So, so I am happy. I'm happy now understanding my creative process. Um, life is part of my work. And, you know, it's, it's all one. So... You know, I came to the States to redefine myself. Um, so that was mobile too. And that's part of the same dynamic, right? I move, I see, I travel, I experience. Experiences are very important. And then I think, and then, you know, 
it's again each each artist has a different uh, creative process, but it works and it's um, very very intuitive and very organic. It seems you know when you see the final work, oftentimes I hear oh it's very clear or very clean or very conceptual or and the process it's violent. <laughs> 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 I like it's that. Yeah. yeah, it's a struggle. Yeah, you know, it's you know how it is. You you know, I feel uncomfortable. I hate it. I push it, and then I miss it. I want it back. And then when I when I grab it, I'm in love with it, and I want more. And then I don't have time. You know, it's all this kind of neurotic, if you want, <laughs> but necessary. Healthy, healthy narcissism. I guess then your job ends up just being kind of part of this experience. I'm very lucky. Remember we're having this conversation. I'm very lucky to have found a, a job that responds closely to my vision in a way or uh, my way of life or seeing life, right? Um, yes. So... I have been working as a medical interpreter at different environments, private offices, hospitals, uh, rehab clinics. And um, it has been the right balance for me, you know, the right balance between being out, um, doing something other than my own art, and again, in an environment that is very connected to my work, because it's about the human condition. Right, and, and language. And language, exactly, exactly. You're absolutely right. And intellectually, uh, it's very stimulating, because there's always research, there's always new uh, words, there's always new forms. And um, in a human level, it's is very gratifying because the you know in a way it's a job but i'm helping facilitate the communication and in an environment where a person usually feels pretty vulnerable yeah you know so it's it's very delicate um i try to do the best i can it's you know it's also very strong because there, there are situations that are, um, as you can imagine, very you know you're dealing with a lot of life and death right. every day and everything in between, right? It's not always that intense, but mm. it definitely uh, gives me a little bit more perspective than just being in a studio. You were talking to me about how in this role you end up becoming the patient and the care t the caregiver mm -hmm. um, has that kind of affected you in some way um, emotionally or for sure it's um you are the vo i'm the voice or the interpreter is the voice so in that way it's what you're saying i somehow i'm the patient or the, the healthcare provider, right? I need to use the first person. So it's not like an actor, but somehow imagine that situation, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you pass it through your system because 
I have to, or my my goal is to um, be open enough so that I can be empathetic in understanding and transmitting. And at the same time, I have to somehow protect myself, right? Because it's all about disease and about, uh, again, life and death. It has affected me emotionally, I think, in a very positive way, because it made me aware of um, something that I dreaded, you know, as, as an individual going to a hospital or dealing with, you know, disease. It's yeah. not something I'm very um, keen about. But <laughs> <laughs> I run away. Right. <laughs> right? And I tend to get into environments or situations that I dread the most, and perhaps because I need to learn. And uh, I learned through the other, right? And it's extraordinary. I mean, it's amazing to see, first of all, the others, the team, from the doctors to the nurses to the social workers to, you know, it's unbelievable the, the work they do, the passion, the compassion, the professionalism. And, um, and then, of course, I learn from, from the patients, too. So, yes, it, it goes from, I don't want to say from the banal to the sublime, because that would be, you know, like life and death. Right. But it's, it's like that. It's, it's, you have from, uh, could be a, an ultrasound for a pregnant woman, um, and that will be the, the first mo- <clears throat> months of life. Yeah. With, you know, that could work well, go right, or start with severe complications. Right. Uh, to be in a room where you're telling someone that um, what are his or her wishes for his or her last days of life. And the range in between, you know. Um, yeah. So it's... It's, it's intense, but it's in, intensely beautiful, too. In this case, in, I mean, in, in the interpretation, it's, it's, a little, it's, a little, it's a lot different, but even though one has to be neutral, I think emotional listening is very important. Yeah. You know, an understanding of the cultural context. Um, it's not just words. It's what comes with words. It's what goes with words, right? Right. And, and in that neutrality, somehow you are conducting an, an invisible dialogue yeah. without direct participation. Right. It's fascinating. It's very interesting. Thank you for listening to Glass Tires, Not a Hobby podcast with Soledad Arias. You can find more information about her on glasstire.com. 
I'm Ariana Roche, and thank you for listening.